I'm Amber Lowther, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm chatting to super mum, entrepreneur, and one of the most raw people on Instagram, Sophie Keisha. Sophie took off on social media for being open, honest, and raw about being a young mum, becoming the go-to for women looking for an escape. From then, Sophie has created a solid career for herself and has even branched into her own sleepwear label. If you're wanting to know how Sophie created her own career, how she deals with negativity online, and all about her new business venture, then make sure you keep on listening. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So excited to have you on. I wanted to talk about your old blog, The Young Mummy, which is how you started, right? Yeah, that is. God, that's a lifetime ago now. (laughs) What was your life like before starting that and before having your first baby? Well, I started a blog because I'd always been a writer. I was studying sports journalism at the time. I had always worked, um, since I was 15 years old, I'd always worked in media outlets, you know, doing lots of work experience and, and I'd been at the Herald Sun for a little stint. I'd worked in digital um, marketing roles at big sporting uh, organisations. So I always sort of had that creative flair and I I needed an outlet. And and when I found myself pregnant at 23 and I had to defer uni at six months, I I went right up until I was six and a half months pregnant. I was at home and, and I was just working casually, still at my retail job, but I, I needed that creative outlet like I'd always had for so many years. And, and I started a blog and I thought, well, I'm going to write about what's happening in my life. And it was being a, a young mum and, and my journey getting pregnant. And then it flowed on to yeah, when the baby came and, and life um, as a mum. So. Oh, wow. It was, um, and that just snowballed and created this life that's led me to here now. And it's it's something that I obviously never thought, never, if you'd asked me five years ago, if I'd been in the position I am now, I would have laughed at you. But <laughs> I've sort of just, I found myself in a position where I was going to be a stay-at-home mum and it created um, a hobby for myself. And, mm-hmm. and then a few years later, it created an income for myself. Yeah. And, and I just found it was the perfect way to balance staying home, being a mum, but also yeah. being able to use some of my qualities that I didn't want to go to waste. Yeah. And so when you first started, I guess, the blog, did you have a specific idea in mind or were you kind of just sharing whatever you felt like at the time? No, God, no. At the time, it was just like my first blog I wrote about getting pregnant and Mm -hmm. and I had been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome as a teenager and I'd been told I couldn't have babies. So it was more about the fact of falling pregnant and how I was handling it, family, Jared, etc. And I was just sharing that at the time on my personal Facebook page. I didn't even have an Instagram. Instagram page then. Wow. The weird concept to think that we didn't have Instagram. <laughs> no. Can't even remember a time before it. <laughs> no, but I do specifically remember I didn't even have one. And wow. and it just, like I said, the snowball effect was insane. It got shared by hundreds of thousands of people all across the world. And I just didn't understand how. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, the people were saying, when's your next one? When's your next one? I remember Jared was playing football at the time and one of his teammates said to me, when's your next blog? I loved the first one. And I thought... <laughs> You're like a 25-year-old guy. Why are you reading about my pregnancy blog? But it, it was creating an interest and it was catering for a need that was there. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. People people actually want to listen to what I have to say. And yeah. and blogging wasn't really like a thing back then. The no, only blogs I, I knew of were really fashion blogs or international public figure blogs, you know, yeah. like famous people in America. I'd studied them at uni. And then all of a sudden I found myself with a blog and people wanted to read it. And I was like, this is, this is odd, but it's kind of cool at the same time. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I just kept pumping out content and it just grew and it grew and then then brands started contacting me. Can we feature on your blog? And I'm like, how is this happening? (laughs) 
Um, so it, it was a really beautiful thing because, you know, lots of people go out now and they, they want to become bloggers and they want to become influencers. But for me, I was, I was a young girl at home who wanted to use her creativity that she'd always had. And it was a really beautiful organic process as to how it happened. Yeah, that's great. I, I started blogging back in the day as well, like 2011. I've had my blog for like eight years or yeah. something. And um, it's funny now seeing everyone and you're like, wow, like it was just so easy back then. You just kind of did what you wanted. And, yep. you know, it was just because you wanted to write or you wanted to just put something out there. Did it because that's what you wanted to exactly. do, not because yeah. you wanted to be something or, yeah. you know, it was never a point of, oh, I want to become famous or I want yeah. people to know me. Like I said, I was sharing it to like my aunties and my cousins <laughs> on Facebook and I didn't know anyone that had a, a mum blog back then or a parenting blog and yeah. I never had anticipated that it could be something like it was. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really special thing. Yeah, it is. And what do you think was the driving force behind creating a solid online presence for you? Um, Like I said, I hit a point where I realized that people were enjoying what I was saying and people were, like I said, I was 22, 23 years old and I was having 35-year-old women write to me saying, thank you so much for talking about that. And wow. these women had four kids and I'm going, hang on a minute, why why are they listening to what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. Like, they've done this. But yeah. I quickly realized there was a, a need for open discussions and mm-hmm. for rawness and for um, vulnerability mm-hmm. online. It had all been very, you know, this is beautiful and you'll sneeze and your baby's going to come out. And <laughs> and if you do this step and this step and this step, your baby will sleep 12 hours. And yeah. I quickly learned that absolutely wasn't the case. And, and women liked my honesty, I think. Yeah. And, and men liked it too. I have a very um, large audience of males who get a laugh out of um, what I say because wow. they've seen their wives do it or their yeah. partners do it. So, um, yeah, like I said, I realized there was a need for just this, this open, accepting conversation. And I knew that I could create that. Yeah, great. And so what has social media done for your career and how much has your life changed since starting? Oh, it's insane. I don't have anything I've got now without social media as a yeah. platform. Like I said, the blog, I was I was putting that out on, on a private platform on my personal Facebook. That was still getting shared to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Then that led to um, an Instagram page and a Facebook page where, you know, the fans just started accumulating. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, how is this happening? And, and again, it, it was... There's such a big focus now on followers and likes and mm. and it just wasn't the case back then and and at times yeah with me now it is because I have Keisha as a business and yeah. and I need I need followers to buy my pajamas to yeah. to sustain that but but back then it was just this young girl who had a passion for for speaking about these topics unapologetically and to see the numbers rising and and the views rising it was it was encouraging and, and then yeah snowball effect has continued and it led me to some incredible opportunities, um, which I would never have been able to be, you know, open to if, if I didn't have the reach that I had and the yeah. audience base, the loyal audience base that I had. And, and then I hit a point where I thought, well, I've got all these people who like what I say, they like what I do, they like what I wear. So let's start a business where they can buy some things that I'm making. So yeah. I found myself in a position where I was constantly promoting other people's things and I was making other people a lot of money. Mm. thought, well, I really need to use this opportunity to, to set myself up and my family up here and yeah. and also just do something with this. I, I moved on from the blog writing mm-hmm. at that stage. I, I feel like when it came to the, the young parenting market, it, it became oversaturated after yeah. a while. Yeah. Everyone sort of started to write a raw mummy blog and it was, you know, a lot of the stuff I'd already talked about. So I didn't really have an interest to keep regurgitating the same 
same content over yeah, and over right. again. Once a field sort of becomes too saturated, I'd like to move out of it. So yeah. um, I thought, well, well, I need to do something else now. Like if I'm not providing my followers with a blog or with video content or with, you know, baby tips, then I need to be giving them something. And, and that something was, was Keisha. Keisha yeah. was born. Amazing, which I will get to eventually, yeah. but love it. I'm so excited to talk to you about that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you in terms of like social media now, especially with Instagram trialing, not having likes, how do you find that? Are you for it or are you against it? I, I don't really have like an opinion on it because it's right. just not something I've really ever cared about. Yeah, right. Like I said, I know that my passion for doing what I do hasn't stemmed from wanting to be famous or wanting to be popular or wanting to be anything other than, than myself, than just Sophie. Mm. And, and if people were coming along for the ride with that, then that was awesome. I I think, you know, the whole likes and the whole comment and this and that, and it, a lot of it, as we know, is fueled on, you know, an ego boost and it makes us feel accepted and it makes us feel liked and it makes us feel like we're doing something right. But I don't need that approval off of mm. other people. Like yeah. I'm really confident in, in what I do and I'm not putting something out there unless I like it. So yeah, exactly. people don't want to click on a love heart and like it. That doesn't make how I feel about it any different. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually think it's pretty cool that you can't see likes now. Um, yeah, I like because it. to me, it didn't really ever matter. So, yeah, I'm the same. If you're enjoying what you're doing, then who really cares? Yeah, right? and, and like it, it's, you know, it did get to a point where you you would go, well, like, I won't post it in the middle of the day because oh, no, one, no. no one will see it. You know, they change yeah. the algorithm as well. So no one will see it and no yeah. one will like it. And, and now it's just like, you just do what you want. You yeah. post a photo whenever you want um, and it doesn't matter. Exactly. Everyone's gone rogue now. Yeah, <laughs> it's but it's great. Yeah, I love it. And so how important is it for you, especially to be authentic and real with your followers? Um, absolutely. And, and a lot of people say to me, oh, how do your family feel or your friends, you know, the way you talk on social media? And it's like they don't feel anything because that's what they see in everyday <laughs> yeah. life. Like yeah. they're not shocked by me talking about sex or my body or swearing or mm-hmm. being really graphic because that's that's Sophie. That's who yeah. she is. So they're not seeing anything different um, on their phones as to what they would see in front of their face. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it's been really, really important to stay authentic and, and genuine and, and true to myself and even though that meant you know evolving and changing as a woman and Mm. growing up and and realizing I don't want to do some things anymore I do want to start doing these things I don't want to talk about that I do want to talk about that so whilst people were for a while there said oh you've changed you've changed I was like well yeah of course I have because I started this when I was 22 I'm now I've turned 29 next month yeah so I would hope that I've changed yeah absolutely and that's life it just happens you know we grow up and have new experiences and And like I said with the blog I could have kept the young mum blog running and I could have mm. been talking about kids lunch boxes and, yeah. and which bowls stick to your table better and <laughs> you know all of that stuff which is content that is needed and is yeah. wanted there is a market for it out there there's huge audiences out there who want to learn about that stuff but I don't have an interest to write about it mm. so by me stopping to do that even though I could have you know stayed extremely relevant in the mummy blogger space and I could have been getting some incredible partnerships with baby brands etc mm. that wasn't staying authentic to me because I didn't have an interest to do that anymore. So yeah. instead of staying safe, I've, I've gone rogue a little bit and, <laughs> and I'm talking about different things now, which a lot of people are loving. A lot of people are like, oh, where's where's Sophie the mum gone? But like, I'm still here. I'm yeah. just, I just have different interests. Now. Yeah. And you don't want to be kind of forcing yourself to do something because you'll start to loathe it, you know? No, and I did. I was like, well, the second I wasn't interested in doing it, I didn't have to explain it to anyone. I knew yeah. that 
I'd created a blog that a lot of people loved and it was just like, I'm sorry, but I, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I don't, you know, I, I felt a bit of a responsibility in terms of all the people that loved my writing, but mm. I feel like I can cater to them in different ways rather yeah. than writing, regurgitating, like I said, content just to be safe and just yeah. to stay relevant. And, and who knows, your followers, you know, they may have been there from the start and maybe they're kind of looking to... In a different place of their life yeah. too, absolutely. They might be looking to, you know, um, kind of have content in a different form as well, yep. you know? Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, if that's the content they're after, there is every Tom, Dick and Harry now doing mum blogging that they yeah. can find those those things from, which is awesome. It's great that we're in a, a space now where mums are so open to discussing so many different topics and yeah. lots of resources out there for it. There's so many beautiful communities out there. Mm. Um, but for me, it was just I had sort of moved out of that real baby stage in my life and I just wanted to get back to being Sophie for a bit. Yeah, great. And unfortunately, having a strong social media presence means you're bound to get haters. It just yep. kind of happens. So how do you deal with the hate and what advice can you give to people experiencing cyberbullying? Um, now, it's funny. I actually don't really get much anymore. There was um, there was a stage there just after I'd had Florence where it was rife. It was horrific. Oh, wow. It was ruining my life. I was seeking help. I was in a really wow. dark place, you know, contemplating a lot of things that yeah. I never thought that, uh, you know, would be affecting my life so much. Um, mm-hmm. Now, to be honest, I really, you know, I might get one every couple of weeks just some fake accounts, they try and say one comment to me. But mm. but now I think as I've grown older too, it really, it did used to affect me. Um, but what I've learned is you, you'll you never be able to change someone's opinion, like their perception of you. So once yeah. someone who doesn't know you, mind you, has like a locked in perception of you, there is nothing you can do that will change it. It's yeah. like everything you do, they'll, oh, she's doing that for attention or she's just doing that. Blah, blah. Like, mm. so I kind of accepted that really quickly. And I think for me, I'm lucky that I've always, I was born with this inner confidence confidence that I know is not common in a lot of girls growing up. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, maybe praise to my mum and dad. Maybe I was just born like that, that I had this really, um, I've always had my own back and yeah. I've always really been loyal to myself. And I think that comes from, you know, staying authentic and being true to myself and never wanting to alter myself for anybody else. So um, what I would do is I would just tell myself that the people, Jared, my husband actually said it to me when I was in a really bad place. He goes, you know, the people that are saying all of these things about you, that proves that they don't actually know you. Because yeah. If they knew you, they wouldn't be saying any of those things. So. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, something I've always said too is that nothing I ever read about myself in the really horrific trolling days, nothing I ever read about myself was even remotely true. Mm-hmm. So it was so off the mark of my character, what was happening in my life, why I was doing something, who I was friends with. They were just so wrong. Yeah. So I wasn't going to spend all this time dwelling over it and getting upset about untrue things about myself. So Yeah, for sure. Um, now it's just like... <sighs> It's just, it's, it's almost like funny now because it's just like, really? Because a lot of them, you know, if they do pop up now, they're literally saying the same insults to me that someone has said like three years ago. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, we're, we're really, I feel like we've moved past it. I also feel like I'm kind of old news in that space now. Like I said, two years ago, I was getting really horrifically trolled. Oh, now it's like, you're kind of done with me now. And I'm not <laughs> suggesting that they move on to anybody else at all, yeah. but... I feel like people don't care as much about what I do anymore because I'm just like happy doing my own thing. Yeah, which good. 
which I, I'm, I'm happy about. But it's it's dealing with it is staying true to yourself, not changing what you're saying, what you're doing for anybody, no matter what they're going to say about you. And then those people realise that they, they can't get you. Yeah, they can't. exactly. There's nothing they can do that can stop you if you don't change your actions or what yeah. you're saying. You just stick to what you want to do. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy and I'm confident in the person I am. I know I'm a good person and I know I'm a good mother. So opinions from strangers aren't going to make me think otherwise. Yeah, totally. 100%. There's actually a quote that I like love when I hear about people getting hate or whatever because I used to get bullied heaps years ago. Yeah. And um, I love it. I always think of it. It's like um, you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world. Yeah, but there's always going to be someone that doesn't like <laughs> yeah, peaches. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. How good is that? It's so yeah. true though. Cause you it's just so like, true. And yeah. sort of when you accept as well that not everyone is going to like you. Yeah. Because there's people, you, you meet people, we are humans. That Human nature means that we are not going to agree with everybody. Everyone's personality is not mm-hmm. going to match ours. So I meet lots of people where I'm like, oh, you're not my cup of tea. Yeah. I don't then don't go online and anonymously bully them. <laughs> but I understand God. that there's just personality clashes. But yeah, it, and that happens. That's just life. And then you just, you know what, you don't have to deal with that person if you're, if you, you know, you're not yeah. the same or you don't, you know, have the same views or that you just and don't when, when it comes to trolling, if, if people, and, and they are adults, unfortunately, mm. they are grown, grown women most of the time. If they yeah. choose to act in that manner, good luck to them. That's oh, on them. Yeah. I have no responsibility. I cannot dictate the way they act. I, you know, can't, you know, I, I hope they sleep well at night knowing mm. what they do, but um, I have no control over what they want to do with their life. And it's not my responsibility to, to do things in my life to make them feel comfortable that they don't need to troll me. That's yeah. on them. Yeah. It's obviously many underlying issues with themselves. So. 100%. so with the negatives comes a whole lot of positive. Thank Absolutely. God. <laughs> so you're inundated with positive comments on your posts from fellow mums and, and loyal followers. So do you ever feel pressure with so many people watching your every move? Yeah, I do. And um, going back to where I said, like, I never did this to, to become famous or to become well known because yeah. people that know me that have seen me in the street or approached me in the street, I'm actually quite, um, almost quite embarrassed, like when they come up and yeah. talk to me. I remember I had a massive group of young girls come up who were lovely and they were so excited, but they came up to me at a Justin Bieber concert oh. and they started screaming and oh my God. And so obviously there's thousands of people outside the arena. Everyone starts looking and I was like, girls, sure, stop. Like, <laughs> I was like, please just stop jumping. Please, you're embarrassing me. And not, not to be a, a diva or anything, but I was just like mortified that all these people were looking at me. And it's funny because, you know, I can get on stage. I'm a very confident public speaker and, and entertainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be that type of person in a work aspect, but then one-on-one I can be quite, you know, reserved and quite, yeah, yeah overwhelmed, I think, when, when people come up and tell me that they, they love me and they love what I do. It's just I, a lot of the time they will tell you that I, I say to them, I'm like, don't, please don't get like all sort of rattled that you're meeting me because I'm just like you. I'm just a normal mum. Like yeah. we're at the supermarket. We're both trying to find milk that's on sale. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and we're both stressing about what the hell we're cooking for dinner. So yeah. um, I, I very quickly remind people that I'm, I'm just an absolutely normal person. I just happen to have a following on an Instagram app yeah. because of a blog that I once upon a time wrote. I meet so many beautiful people, so many beautiful people. And that's a positive, right? Yeah, that's a big absolutely. plus from it, you know. Yeah, well, it is nice. It is nice when people value what you have to say and yeah. and give you credit where credit's due. 100%. And if you work hard and people appreciate it, that's great. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. Yeah. And so you share a hell of a lot about your life. So your breast reduction surgery was included yep. um, in that. So can I ask what has that surgery done for your confidence and how oh has it God, changed you your no day-to-day idea. life? <laughs> I still get 
message fully every day from someone saying, do you regret it? What did you think? I'm thinking about doing it. Mm -hmm. And I am like, guys, if you have a thought that you want to do it, please do it. Because for me, like I said, I was always a really confident person. And when I had my really big boobs, I still worked them. I never hid them. Like I showed off my curves. But for me, it it was debilitating almost how uncomfortable I was every single day of my life. And as a young girl, how I couldn't walk into a shop and buy just a standard size 12 top because the straps were too thin and I'd have to wear a big ugly bra or couldn't wear anything that went down at the back and um, again it sounds like real like first world problems but anyone with massive boobs knows how um, how hard it is to to live with neck pain back pain and just like the ease of life I suppose yeah. Yeah. Um, summer was just like my absolute worst nightmare because I couldn't walk down the beach I might have really perfectly fitting bathers but I still couldn't walk down the beach without everybody looking at me mm-hmm. um, because they were so big and I played a lot of sport growing up I would have to wear three bras to even wow. do like a PE lesson um, so now it's just I can't stress to you how incredible it is to to go into Target and I can get a bra and a normal T-shirt and yeah. or if I don't want to wear a bra I don't have to wear one anymore Great. Um, and just not think about anything too bad but also I used to get migraines Really? For years. And I would have a headache like nearly every day. Like Jared said to me the other day, he's like, you haven't had a headache in like six months. And I was like, oh my God, you are right. Because I just felt like I had a permanent headache all the time. And and I was always at Kairos and osteos getting my upper back treated. And now I just don't have any of that anymore. So That's amazing. It's been the best decision, the most expensive decision (laughs) I've ever made in my life, but the best decision. So it has really changed your day to day. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. Good on you for doing that and because I actually have a family friend who's looking to do the same and she's what only 17 at the moment and yep. yeah she's just in a whole world of pain and you yep. know discomfort so yeah that's really good to yep. know that the best thing yeah. and you know you get scars and the scars will be there forever but I they, I can have them I'll take the scars because yeah. the, the ease and the comfort that, now, that I now live in is definitely makes up for that 100% that's great good on you can I ask how do you like to switch off because you're very busy mm-hmm. I am very busy <laughs> um, I, I keep my sport up and that's my switch off so whilst it's you know just as exhausting as as a busy work schedule and you know tonight from here after this I'm just looking at the time now I've got to get Bobby and then I've got to take him to his grandma's and got to pick up Foss and then I've got to get to footy training by 5 30 um but playing sport um and my sport of choice is AFL footy is my Mm -hmm. outlet it's where I get to go I switch off from work completely you know I'm not on my phone I'm hanging out with an awesome bunch of girls and I'm releasing um a lot of a lot of emotion and a lot of tension that's in my body and a lot of stress (laughs) Um, in in a fun physical activity. Yeah, great. Exercise is the best. Yeah, it is absolutely the best thing for you. It's so good for the mind, isn't it? Yep. 100%. I love my exercise as well. Going to the gym, it just feels so good. Yeah, I think I might get back into boxing. I used to box quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I was training like three days a week at boxing before I had Bobby. And um, not only was I shredded, I look back at photos, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize I looked like that. But it was just so incredible for the mind. Yeah, 100%. And so you do have two kids, Bobby and Florence. Um, So what's the best part about being a mom, do you think? I was telling my friend the other day that um, we were standing there and Bobby just ran up to me and he just hugged me out of nowhere and he said, mom, I love you so much. And I said to her, I said, that is right there, the best feeling you'll ever get in your life. (laughs) Nothing will ever beat that feeling of just loving something so so much yeah 
So it doesn't matter. I can have the shittiest day at work. I can be going through a really stressful time, but I know that I can get home and, and I can jump in bed with my babies and them just laying next to me and cuddling me or holding my hand just instantly wipes out everything. And it, children really teach you what's important in life. Yeah. And I think children constantly encourage you to be the best version of yourself as yeah, well. So I know good. for my kids, everything I do, I think I want to do this so I get better for them. Mm-hmm. I want to, it's not, it's not just about making money so they have a good life. It's I want to, you know, I want to show them that you can work and you can still play sport at nearly 30 years of age or, or you can constantly improve your brain and, and you can educate yourself more. And I just, I just constantly want to be better just for them. Yeah. And it's, it's, they're just, like I said, when they give you a hug, no feeling will ever beat that. That's so sweet. I love that. Very cute. Very cute. What was, well, what do you find the most challenging, I guess, as well? For me right now, it's probably the juggle because I am right. so busy with work. They're at that age where they're not quite at school, mm-hmm. um, but they, they, they're they not independent enough. So they still need me and I'm still mum 24 hours a day. Yeah. Even if I am at work, I'm still thinking dinner, bed, have I put their washing in? You know, yeah. it's just constant. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, with kids, you know, you might have a break, but you'll still never completely switch off from thinking about them. So yeah. it's as mentally exhausting as it is physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you just need that cuddle. Yeah. One and cuddle and you're good. right. <laughs> you're like, this is why I do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you've shared both of your pregnancy journeys online and it wasn't all smooth sailing. Um, so you were told you would have trouble conceiving due to being diagnosed with polycystic ovarian yeah. syndrome. Um, so what was it like as a young woman being told that you might not be able to have children? It was for me, it was horrific because mm-hmm. I was the type of girl that was born and wanted to become a mum immediately. Yeah. So um, I think you're either one of those or you're not. I've got friends who are my age and they've, they're not even close to having kids. They don't really have any interest and that's mm-hmm. fine. That's their life. I was like 15 years old being like, when can I fall pregnant? <laughs> um, so finding out at 17 that my body was somewhat broken was, was not a nice feeling. And I remember being told by the specialist, oh, but you don't need to worry about this now. And I was 17 and I thought, you don't get to say that to me because yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have a baby right now, but I I want to have babies and I don't want that process to be difficult for me. So, of course, I need to worry about it now because that's one thing that I know I've always wanted in life. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I came from a family of, I've got, there's four sisters in the family and wow. my mum. So, growing up in a house of five women, it's just like, we just all love babies. Obviously, my mum had four. She loved kids. So, we've all taken after her. Yeah. It was something that when I did fall pregnant with our little miracle, Bobby, after mm-hmm. I wasn't ovulating for years, I, I was no cycle, nothing was happening and I felt pregnant with Bobby uh, a lot of people oh my god you're 22 you're having a baby oh how does Jared feel about it blah 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 it was just the best thing the best moment of my life because yeah. I just thought well that that wasn't ever supposed to happen yeah so we just took it by the horns and we said well we are doing this because I might not get this opportunity for a few years I might not ever get this opportunity again and um, it just was a no-brainer for us that we were going to bring our little Bobby into the world lovely and the best decision I have ever made awesome an actual miracle <laughs> Yeah, that's a, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Like I said, um, my cycle wasn't working. I hadn't ovulated in two years. Um, mm. And then one day I, I, I started and, and I was pregnant about three weeks later. Jeez. So, yeah, Crazy what the body can do as well, hey? Yeah, exactly. God. And so fast forward to now and you have two kids, so <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Yeah, um, I've got my two babies. You do. So, but you had opposite birthing experiences for both of them. Is that right? 
Yeah, they were pretty different. So I got yeah. um, medically induced with Bobby. He was um, quite big and mm-hmm. his shoulders were quite broad. So I went on the advice of my obstetrician to get induced. Um, extremely long labor, extremely long pushing process. Wow. Um, but, you know, he got out safe. And then with Florence, um, so he was at 38 weeks and then Florence was um, nearly 41 weeks. I had her naturally, natural birth. My, you know, Florence's birth was actually beautiful. It was very straightforward. Yeah. Um, few minor complications sort of towards the end, but nothing nothing too out of the ordinary. Yeah, um, and and then, yeah, a little girl and called her a different name at the start. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she was called Betty for nearly two weeks. Oh, my weeks. gosh, no, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> So people ask me what's my biggest regret in life. It's like, ah, calling her Betty. I knew she was Florence and we had just got sold on the name Betty, Bobby yeah. and Betty together and she came out and I called her Betty and I knew she wasn't Betty. And the hormones, you're not Betty. You're tired. You've just given birth. There was a lot going on, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, please forgive me. Yeah. She That's won't a... know. She's okay. <laughs> Until she's like old enough and you're like, hey, yeah. you were a different name at one point. Oh, but... <laughs> I hope she doesn't want to be called it again. It's cute, Bobby and Betty, but she's definitely a Florence. That's for sure. That's like a 21st birthday story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you and your husband, Jared, got married a few years ago and you made international headlines for wearing a black dress for your wedding. Yeah, which again was one of those things that I thought was really weird because I was yeah. like, why does everyone care so much about my dress? Like it was, it didn't surprise my family. It didn't surprise my friends. Yeah. No one at the wedding went, oh my God, because yeah. they were like, oh, that's Sophie. That's great. And she so, does what she wants. So why did you choose to do something different and did you anticipate that type of reaction? Um, no, I really didn't. Yeah. I never thought about wearing a black wedding dress. When I mm-hmm. got engaged and I um, was trying on dresses, I was trying on white dresses all the time. And I suppose I hit a point where I was like, oh, nothing's really suiting me. Like there were so many incredible ones. And yeah. went home one day to Jared and I was like, oh, white? Because I, I don't wear white really ever. Mm-hmm. I wore a white suit last week and I was like so scared I was going to ruin it with all my tan. <laughs> but I rarely wear white went home to Jared and I said, I don't know, it's just something about it. It's just not suiting me. And he goes, well, why don't you wear black? You always look so beautiful in black. And that was it. That was the conversation. And I went, yeah, I think I might. And that was it. Um, There was no big, oh, let's create a storm or let's create headlines. You know, it's my wedding. I didn't, it wasn't about anyone else or what anyone else thought. And I knew it was super special because Jared had suggested it. And yeah, so I created this absolutely beautiful dress um, Mm -hmm. by Signor Mont in Melbourne and it's oh I just wish I could wear it again somewhere you looked stunning yeah I did and I don't <laughs> yes, like did. I know but like I feel like I don't know if you're allowed to say that but I did I just thought I looked so beautiful at my wedding I was just everything came together really well and I still looked like me though yeah which was nice yeah and it's always nice to look back on the wedding photos and be like yeah I looked great that day I yeah, killed it and, and yeah most importantly I looked like myself yeah I think, yeah some people um they try and go a bit too different or a bit yeah too, and it's like you you know you you're marrying the person because they love you. You need to look like yourself. 100%. And you did. So you pulled it off. Amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. And speaking of fashion, you don't shy away from a great outfit, I must say. No, I love doing something a bit bold. Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. And do you have any favorite labels or brands that you like to wear? Um, Well, Effie Katz in Melbourne. Love She's her. a designer that I worked with really early on into her solo career. She'd been in partnership prior, but she went off on her own and, yep. and I contacted her and I was like, let's, let's do something. Like I, I'd seen her do some custom 
some suits and she made me this incredible hot pink suit that I did a talk for Business Chicks in last year and it yes. just went absolutely through the roof. And it was also my first outfit after my breast reduction. So I was oh, just wow. feeling, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was feeling really good about myself. And, mm-hmm. and Effie creates these incredible custom pieces for me. She just knows my body and she knows amazing. the fabrics that I like. Yeah. Um, she's incredible. I've always been a really, really big fan of By Johnny. I think yes. his fits are divine. Um, and I wear a size 10 in his dresses. So he makes me feel really good about myself because <laughs> I'm a size 12 in everything else. Yeah. Um, okay. But then like casual wear, I just live in like Nike stuff. Yeah, good. Nike active wear. They've got a really good range all the time, all year round. So yeah. I'm either like one or the other. I'm either in like a full suit, heels, full hair and makeup mm-hmm. or I'm in some Nike active wear. Yeah, sounds a bit like me. I, mm. I always look ridiculous or I'm, yeah, I'm just doled up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Love it. And so you've started your own venture, Keisha. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. So tell me about the brand and why you decided on sleepwear and kind of loungewear. Well, sleepwear, loungewear was sort of an accident. So right. originally Keisha was me creating um, clothing items, things that I couldn't find out there. So, you know, at one stage we created this little kid's hat and kid's mm-hmm. swimwear that I couldn't find. And, and then we we're doing these custom T-shirts. And then we did this pair of pajamas because I wanted a, a cotton, 100% cotton um, leopard print pair of pajamas. That proved to be one of our most popular things that we had created. And it went crazy and, and we tried to do a few other clothing pieces and they just weren't as popular and everyone just kept wanting the pajamas. So we realized, wow, there's definitely a market here for this. Um, and over the two years, we've just celebrated our two-year birthday. Lovely. So over the years, I just realized there was definitely a market and a need in Australia for high quality but super affordable sleepwear. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are catering for at the moment. And I think in business, once you you find, you know, a market that that want your things and and a need, you've got to stick with it. So that's what we're doing. Awesome. And so you have fun animal prints, color and muted tones throughout Mm -hmm. your collection. So what's the design process like for you? With us, we started with the leopard print and Mm -hmm. it was never something, like I said, we were never going to pursue sleepwear this much. Um, Again, when we started making some more, it was never like this big leopard focus, but I just kept repeating myself. But when you find something that they love, you've got to stick to it. Mm -hmm. So we we have the animal print theme throughout Keisha. Every now and then we do like a a one-off, totally different, just to test the waters. Some work, some don't. It's everyone loves our bright, bold patterns and we Mm -hmm. we custom design um, them and we we put our own colours in there and, and we we definitely get the best fabric for what we can in in those for those orders and that's what people are loving they're loving that we have really good quality but they are affordable yeah and that's the main thing because you know you see these big retailers and some of their stuff is so expensive you know and it's and it's so expensive and it's not necessarily good quality yeah so obviously we do a lot of research into the market and it's it's absolutely insane what you know they could be using the exact same fabrics as us and they're charging double and a half of the price yeah so and then you know a lot of people People say with the big chain stores like Kmart and Target, oh, well, I can just go get my pajamas from there. Mm. It's like, that's fine. They can price their things at that cheap because they're ordering 50,000 pairs for all of their stockers around Australia. We're really confident with the figures and the orders, the quantity orders that we put in. We, I know for a fact, I have a lot of friends in online business sort of through Instagram as well that we order, our quantity orders are very high 
and I'm very proud that we've got ourselves to a position where we can do that and we continue to sell out. So Yeah, God, you're always selling out. Yeah, so yeah, and with that comes people saying we're not ordering a lot and I guarantee that we are because <laughs> we'd be very silly if we knew that we had such a need but we weren't ordering large quantities. So we yeah. are, we're just we're selling out and we don't sell out of everything. Like I said, some things some things don't work, some things do mm-hmm. and that's business. You have to trial and error a lot of products. Yeah. Um, but for a company that's only two years old, um, myself and my business partner Lee are very very happy with how it's going and very excited for the future moving forward. Fantastic. And are your designs pregnancy friendly? Yeah, so the majority of them we do have a pregnancy focus around them. We right. have a postpartum focus around them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just released a beautiful set that sold out in three minutes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Our record was 11 minutes, which I thought was insane. They sold out in three, what? so we've just ordered a triple quantity for October, um, which was a focus on um, the idea around it was a school mum pickup outfit. So right. we all know how hectic it is in the morning, trying to get kids to school by 8.30 on time. Mum's mm-hmm. always last to get ready. So we created this black set that can be worn both as pajamas, but also is totally acceptable to slip your runners on and chuck a jacket over and, and you're ready to go for the day. Perfect. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. So doing things like that, um, we've found huge, huge mum market. Yeah. Huge, huge mum market yeah. out and there. And some of your kind of like top styles, breastfeeding friendly as well. Yeah. And- so our, our classic set, which is the GG set, our classic um, button up leopard print comes with a stretch elastic waistband, which was ideal for for pregnancy bellies or after mm-hmm. you've had a baby. Right. Super comfortable, but then with a button-up um, that you can feed if that's what you choose to do. Awesome. And how are they so damn comfy? <laughs> it's just the fabrics that we use. Yeah. So, again, um, we're providing for the high-quality fabric that we're using. That's why we it's super affordable what we're paying. You know, some people do say, oh, $70 for a pair of pyjamas, but if they knew how much we were actually spending on the fabrics, you know, we're not we're not doing this to make millions of dollars. We're doing this to create good product. Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, we could be making triple the amount of money if we were using crappy fabrics that yeah. just fell apart and weren't super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what's been really important to us is, is caring, actually, about our stock. And I've got a team here that if they are not happy with the slightest thing, it's sent back and it's cancelled and it's it's remade again. So, right. And every single product that comes in is, is looked through by our staff and, and checked over to make sure it's okay. Awesome. And that's, yeah, that's what's important to us, yeah. providing quality. And especially when you have your name attached to something, you know, I think, you know, it's super important to, yeah. to make sure the quality is there and that you're putting out something that, you know, is really great. Yeah, and something that I would want as well. 100%, I don't yeah. want to buy crap. I don't <laughs> totally. want to spend $70 on crap. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want my followers to do that either. Yeah, great. And uh, what sizes do you cater for? So we go up to size 20, which we've just expanded. Wow. And, and at the moment, we are looking to go even bigger because, again, there is a market there and we want to cater for that. So um, there's lots of things behind the scenes that need to happen because it's it's all different um, cutting patterns and it's yeah. all different um, fabric quantities that you need to order. So there are a lot yeah. of factors that do come into it. It's not a matter of can just click a button and it happens. Um, yeah. There's lots of costs that go into when you go outside of a standard size range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's something I definitely want to make happen because I know that there is a lot of women out there, size 22, 24, who are after our pajamas and I want to be able to get them in their hands. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. And what's the smallest size that you have as so well? So size eight. So okay. again, similar with the larger sizes, if you go six or smaller, it's a totally different cutting pattern as yeah, well. Right. So, okay. um, but we find with our stretch elastic waistbands that we do on the majority of our pajamas, they, they can fit smaller sizes anyway. And that's okay. why we don't have like set 
set set waistband sizes, um, we, we allow that stretch out as well with the elastic. Okay, great. Good to know. And where can we get our hands on Keisha? So Keisha's all online. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, we're doing a drop every 14 days. So, okay, awesome. Um, every two weeks, we're dropping something new at the moment. So it's at www.keisha.shop. But Instagram is where you will find all of the up-to-date details as to what's coming. Awesome. And what's the handle for that one? So that's just at Keisha and it's got two or three underscores. I get confused between my (laughs) account and Keisha. I know mine's got one or two. Yeah, if you just search at Keisha, it will come up. Awesome. And so what's coming up next for you? Anything exciting? For myself, I'm really putting a big focus into working on Keisha. Mm -hmm. I have sort of stepped away from a lot of the sponsored Instagram posts type work. Yeah. Um, I still have quite a, uh, maybe two, two long-term partnerships, which uh, over a couple of years, which I'll play out on Instagram and that's fine. But in terms of doing the the one-off posts, I really don't do a whole lot of them anymore because I want to invest my time time and my money into into my business and yeah. growing that as much as I can. So, awesome. you know, hopefully in five years, I'm some super successful CEO of Keisha. Oh, you will be. Businesswoman. Yes. Pajamas internationally all around the world. 100%. Yes. That's my goal. Gorgeous. Yes. Love that. Good to have mm-hmm. a goal. And so I wanted to end things on a few random questions for you yep. if I can. Uh, okay. So number one, what was the last thing that pissed you off? Um, that I'm actually looking at it now that I've come to <laughs> work and I have a stain on my pants. Oh, no. It's really annoying me because I'm wearing black <laughs> jeans and it's just got this big stain. So I don't know what kind of food it is, but that's annoying me. That actually happened to me the other day. I went to work and I wore black jeans and there was this like stain on like yeah, the right leg. Yeah, just shows up so much. Oh, yeah, it does. my right leg too. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, that's so <laughs> weird. And I was like scrubbing it in the toilets at work. I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Yeah, it looks, I just didn't even know it was there and I've come to work with dirty <laughs> pants. Awesome. Hilarious. And number two, if you had to back an AFL team that wasn't your top favourite, which one would it be? Oh, oh, I think I'm a Bombers girl. So like, right. not my favourite. I'd be like Collingwood. I wanted Collingwood really? to win the grand final last year, actually. Did just because I felt bad for them. Oh my God. Yeah, that's probably weird. the last team I would choose. I know. I know. But maybe that's why, because everyone hates them. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to any Collingwood listeners. Sorry, but they do. They know. Everyone knows Collingwood are hated. Yeah, that's true. And number three, what song gets you pumped up? Um, At the moment, it's Hot Girl Summer. So oh, my God, yes. Nicki Minaj and I can't remember who else it is, but I have listened to it in my car every day, all day for like the past week. <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. I love when you find a song and you just can't stop playing oh, I it. I can't stop listening to it. I'm trying to learn like every rap word oh, that Nicki yep. says and yep. it's filthy, but it's so good. <laughs> And that's the best when you can just like surprise your friends with knowing yep. all the words. I want to do a concert and yes. rap for them all. Amazing. Well, Sophie, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for offering so much in this podcast. It's been great. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Fashion Avenue is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, produced and hosted by Amber Lowther. Check out fashion-avenue.co and our Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. Editorial support provided by Tegan Sides. Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.